Here we go, broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, on Rock Radio UK, the Blues Channel, you are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadou, and I've got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is the old number fives. They got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And we'll be speaking with Brock Alexander at the top of the hour. Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, and so much more. And now I got some great new music I know you're going to love. And some great new artists I just can't wait to introduce you to. So kick back and relax, because I aim to misbehave. Fragile peace and certain war Fragile peace and certain war Peace. A certain war. 
fashion See you're right and they are right on I said it seems to be the fashion yeah, To say you're right and they're wrong We gotta try to see both sides Or you'll find yourself in jail before long Just trying to do their gigs I said screaming at policemen Well all they're trying to do is their gigs Well they're gonna try to take the time To find out where the is you ever got that
know, Mama, sometimes I wish we were back in 53. You remember we just got it, DJ Bill and me? We was making all them records down the sun, Mama. And everybody was there. Sam and Johnny and Roy. B.B. King and the Howlin' Wolf. Who could forget the old killer Jerry Lee? He outlived us all. We didn't know he was making history, Mama. We just having some fun.
moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues? Tell me, answer if you can, where goes the soul of me? Shake it once, shake it twice, three times 
papa be quiet as a mouse Papa climbed up to the top of the house He made a lot of whoopee, made a lot of noise Stood up and cheered with the rest of the boys Babies in the cradle, brothers on the town Sisters in the parlor trying on the gown Mama's in the kitchen messing all around Papa's on the housetop and won't come down Well the blues they come, yes the blues they come Nobody knows where the blues come from The blues they come and the blues they go Everybody's happy when the old blues go Babies in the cradle, brothers on the town Sisters in the parlor trying on the gown Mama's in the kitchen messing all around I saw a chicken out in the yard Picked up a rock and hit it hard Hit it hard and killed it dead Now the chicken's in the gravy and the gravy's on the bread Baby's in the cradle, brother's on the town Sister's in the parlor trying on a gown Mama's in the kitchen messing all around Papa's on the housetop, I won't come down
storm's coming. You can just pull up your shoes, curl up in a duvet, maybe even draw up a bath and see where the night takes you. That sounds real nice. You don't know, you don't know what 
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, the old number fives. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs.
from their brand new release and we've got Brock Alexander on the line right now. Hey Brock, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Now, this is the first time you've come on our show and we always like to give our fans an opportunity to get to know who you are and the best way to do that is to look at your story, where you came from. So give us a story of the old number fives and of Brock Alexander. Well, the long story uh, put to a short amount of time would be uh, my mom is an elementary music teacher, and she met my dad, who uh, was playing in the band and stayed out of Vietnam by staying in college and played in the band, and they met, and um, so when I was born, music was around my house 24-7, my mom not only was a elementary music teacher, but uh, taught private piano lessons at home. And so after school, I would go to her classroom and just play around with instruments. And then we would take kids home and she would teach them, you know, piano lessons and we'd get ice cream on the way home. And so my first instrument was obviously piano. And I was traumatized because... (laughs) Uh, the lady they made me take piano lessons from lived out on a farm and she had these big farm dogs and so every week I was very apprehensive because I didn't practice enough and then I had to go confront these dogs to even get in the house and so I uh, shied away from piano as much as I could and then when I got to uh, let's say elementary school a couple years before you start kind of formal like uh, elementary school, middle school band, my parents said, well, you're going to have braces, so you're not playing trumpet or trombone, so do you want to play the drums? And of course I said yes. So I started taking kind of like private little snare drum lessons in, I'd say like second, third grade, not really knowing what that was at the time. It was kind of like piano lessons, didn't really want to do it at the time but I did and then it turned into a choir like a kind of like had to audition to be in this choir and I didn't want to do it but my mom was a piano teacher and 
the auditions were held in her classroom at school, and so I did that for a few years, and um, then I played marimba and all sorts of percussion in elementary school, middle school, high school, and then by that time, my friends, and I obviously had a drum set, but it wasn't just playing snare drum and drum set, and then at that time, some of my friends started to pick up guitar, and I, you know, was like, I wanted to be out front, not necessarily stuck behind the drums, so I found my mom's acoustic guitar in the basement, and I said, I'm going to put that by my drums so it looks cooler, and then I wanted to try to pick it up, but at that point, I had taken so many music lessons that I wanted to teach myself guitar, so I kind of went about it on my own, and spent a bunch of time in my bedroom, and then became a guitar player, I guess, in high school, and still like you know having all the percussion elements of my background and then the, the vocal elements of my background and then as i got a little bit older um turned into basically me wanting to be eric clapton from cream or Jimi hendrix or stevie ray vaughn and the most economical way to do that was also just have a trio you know find a bass player and a drummer and so i would say as late as or as long ago as probably 2005 or six, the old number fives was me with a bass player and a drummer pretending to kind of do that vein of music. And then I did that for about two, three years. I moved away to California and uh, went into kind of like recording studio mode. And I worked in a few studios and a post-production place in California. And then when I moved back to Kansas City in 2011, it's basically when the old number five started. And then uh, been away ever since. There's had a, a few different personnel changes since then, but basically going on 10 years of a trio. And then myself, a bass player and a drummer. And uh, this last album that we kind of did was my first solo excursion into having some other players performing some of the songs live with us so um for our third album uh it's a little bit different kind of jaunt for me personally so okay well that's a great long story i guess yeah well, let's talk a little bit about the release um when you were doing you know putting together this this release and getting ready to go into the studio and that what was kind of your goal for it what were you looking to achieve with this particular release um, so this is our third record, and um, personally, the old number fives put out um, some records in, I think it was 2013, 2015 or 16, and then I actually put out some songs that were like B-sides for me and the band at the time, um, uh, a year later, so like 2019 or something like that. But we had some personal changes and I wanted to personally kind of marriage the two ideas of what I had done previously with the old number fives and then that thing that turned into be a little bit more singer-songwriter but still blues and kind of rock and roll but just a little bit more um, I don't know how to describe it but a little more personal maybe and so I wanted to marry those two ideas and so going in a lot of these songs were either very old and I had had them kind of written out in my head and even demoed and you know recorded and, and done some things personally 
for those songs. And then songs that were kind of B-sides to those ideas that I was like, oh, this is cool. This, this could be cool. And with the personnel changes came the avenue to like include those songs again. And um, it was a really cool, I mean, I, I think so. It's a really cool marriage of like some older ideas with some brand new ideas and some things that were done for the first time. And I think that shows the excitement some, you know, to the listener because to some of those performers on some of those tracks, it was the second or third time they were hearing that song idea too. So they're just as much excited to hear it as the listener is for the first or second time. So, Okay. Well, now let's talk about um, your process as a songwriter. Uh, when you sit down to write, what is kind of your method that you use that allows you to tap into the muse? I was a um, creative writing major in college in a former life uh, in the University of Kansas. And um, the big thing that I've come to find out that is like every song is kind of like a poem. And a poem can be long, short, fast, slow. It can be whatever you want it to be. Very malleable, if that makes sense. But also they don't have to connect or they can connect. So um, I try to use that anytime I write anything. And for me, a lot of the time, it will be kind of music first, like either guitar or actually currently trying to get a little bit better at doing that on a piano. But applying it different ways and trying it different ways. Um, and each time you do it, you kind of learn a little bit more about what you're thinking but also you kind of start crossing things out as far as how you want it to sound. And I think the interesting thing is as you continue to write songs, you want to outdo yourself. And sometimes songs come very quickly and it's over just like that. And it's like, that's the song. And other times you have to whittle away at an idea and both are very valid. And so it's just being... I think kind of accepting of both ways that it happens and like creativity doesn't always come in flashes sometimes like I said you have to will away at it but sometimes it's really really easy and you're not really even sure that you need to try as hard next time but you know it's the kind of like we maybe spoke about just a second ago it's the everyday chopping wood and uh, after a while you notice how much you've accomplished sort of thing okay now um you know a lot of songwriters they kind of have a mental separation between lyric and melody you know lyrics are structured either with a story continuity rhyme meter all of those things but melody is a little different some writers like to work off the groove some like to work off the chord structure or even the the cadence of the of the lyric themselves can suggest where the melody goes. What do you do to kind of find your melodies? A lot of the time I'll use just my initial flash of inspiration and just get on the cell phone like everybody does and do a little voice memo. And usually what's funny is those initial ideas are always the best and a lot of the time when I describe like whittling away at songs it's trying to somehow recapture that initial spark 
and so for me as a songwriter a lot of the times it's it's not worrying about the words themselves but more like the association or the inspiration that that song kind of came from so if it's a nonsensical word that makes it go round for you then that's fine or if it's something very distinct that you can picture or feel uh, like a piece of art you know you can look at it and get the emotion out of it immediately if it's like that that's fine too but it's kind of whatever helps the situation move forward for me and so a lot of the times it has nothing to do with the music or the words at all it's kind of the feeling that the whole thing points to okay now uh you had mentioned that you use your cell phone to capture voice memos and and you know those momentary ideas um and every songwriter has their little toolkit the one that you know they use when they sit down to write whether it's just a pad or a pen or they got a home recording studio or they use master writer or whatever the case may be what are some of the tools in your toolkit like uh usually I usually go after just my initial like voice and guitar on an acoustic guitar or electric or whatever is in front of me. That's the most important thing is wherever that inspiration hits you, it's usually really important to at least get it down or get it um, documented somehow. So it's really whatever's in front of you at the time. And then I would say I take my ideas and I have some basic drums and amps mic'd up in my basement and I just take it downstairs and I went into I go into Pro Tools because I I uh, went to a recording school actually and so I have a little bit of experience as far as like how to do that stuff and so I go in and record a lot of the demos myself before I ever take it to the idea of taking it to a studio and that is kind of like a good analogy for me is always just, you know, like, you can brush your teeth at home, but sometimes you got to go to the dentist to, like, really get a good deep clean. That's the same with music, is, like, I can record songs until I'm blue in the face in my basement, but that doesn't mean I can have the quality that I can if I went to, like, an Abbey Road or something like that. So I feel like there's songs that never make it to the studio that were really really good in my basement and i don't know that i can ever recapture the magic in the studio that i could in my basement and then vice versa there's obviously things that are far more exciting and sound sonically far better in studio than they do in my basement so uh they're both just different different venues or avenues to record okay well let's talk about that process in the studio um when you get in that environment, what is what is your? How do you work in that environment to kind of capture your sound? Because you know a song is is something to say, but going in the studio creates the identity, the the voice, the you know the texture of that particular song and of you as an artist. How do you capture your sound in that environment? I would say it's different. For every song and every circumstance, and again, that's just fine. But it's also learning how to harness certain aspects of what you're trying to achieve, because a lot of songs all write and perform and record in my basement, say, to just a click track. And if you're a capable musician, you can do that fairly well, and then you can build multi-track, you know, in Pro Tools or Logic or GarageBand 
based on what you just recorded. But that doesn't necessarily have the um, the human rock and roll, if you will, uh, aspect to it to to maybe a live performance that has a little push and pull, and maybe be a better description um, of the tempo and the emotion of that performance. And so there's certain songs that I've sworn I needed to do to a click and everybody needed to do to a click. So the band, as we're recording maybe live, we all have a, a metronome in our headphones. And so in an, in an interesting way, this, is, this recording that we did is the first time that I've ever done a band where I didn't have the metronome in my ears. And we put the metronome just in the drummer's ears. And he was like, I got it. So if I push or pull, you guys are listening to me, not the metronome. Right. So personally, this is the first time that we've ever or i've ever kind of allowed myself to do that and so there's a few of these songs on this record in particular where i invited a bunch of people that i respected and were friends and like musicians to come in on one of the sessions and um in particular taylor smith and howard mayhan and uh tj earnhardt on keyboards and so two guitars and another keyboard player just to add something and I didn't really give them any advice. I kind of said, like, here's the basic structure. Like, they maybe had heard one of my demos, but I didn't really give them any information. And so the two or three takes that we did, like I said previously, it was it was cool for them, probably because it was the second or third time they heard it, but also for the listener as well, you kind of feel that excitement based on, you're not really sure what's about to happen. <laughs> and so... It's a calculated move of in the studio of how precise do you want to be and how many times do you want to redo. Or, like, in particular, the last song that we did, um, I think it's What Does That Prove? It was just, I had done that song a hundred different ways in my basement. And then even in the studio, we had done it with a piano overdub. We had done it with a full band. We had done it with heavy drums. And then in the end, we were like, let's try it with just acoustic guitar, just myself. And I did it like three times. We were running out of time that particular evening in the studio. And I did it three or four times. And we kind of took one of the takes that maybe had a few mistakes, honestly. And it just felt better than any of the other ways that we had tried to paint that picture. So, and then in a weird way, that little mistake turned into the inspiration for my that's how we got the album title moment to lose was from the little kind of mistake that i did at the very end of that song and so it was like oh, perfect but you don't get one or the other without allowing yourself that freedom to kind of make those mistakes sometimes okay now um tell me a little bit about the lineup on this who's who's playing besides the special guest you already mentioned so basically the core band is myself on guitar and vocals, Adam Watson on the drums as well as vocals, and then Oli Bowden on the bass guitar, and he also does vocals, background vocals. And so for pretty much every instance of this album, it was the three of us playing these songs. And then certain songs, like I said, uh, we probably divided it into two or three different 
bigger sessions at the studio. And um, two of those sessions, I invited other people, Taylor Smith, Howard Mahan, to come and just kind of run through some of those songs with us. And then one instance, I actually had uh, Taylor Smith come and perform just some of the solos on, on the record as well. So it kind of, again, went song by song basis as far as which one needed what. But the majority of the things was just the trio expanded upon, is how I would describe it. Okay. Now, um, of course, once you get a project recorded, you have to create the buzz. you got to create, you know... Uh, press you got to put it out the radio and you're working with frank rosak from frank rosak promotions tell me a little bit about that relationship i actually met frank in memphis tennessee at the international blues challenge i believe uh, i want to say yeah i want to say 2016 2015 sometime in there and i actually have his card in my basement amongst uh, a multitude of cards that I remember having a conversation with him then and um, maybe a conversation or two after that. But then we really didn't speak and uh, I would say a couple of years and when I kind of had this project finished up, I knew it was a direction I wanted to kind of move on because this is the Old Number Five's third album we've put out and then personally I put out two other little things that you can find but never really push them as far as uh, radio promotion or anything like that so I knew I wanted to take this that avenue and so um, I gave Frank a call and everything sounded good and so in a weird way it's like you know the art and the music is one aspect of the music business but then there's the business part of the music business so um, I know there's people that can do that far better than me and so sometimes I guess uh, getting out of your own way or also just investing in yourself lends itself to greater success or, you know, just greater uh, notoriety, if that's the word. Okay. Now, let's talk a little bit about the music business. Um, it is a strange world out there, and we all know going into the studio and recording music is not cheap. Uh, and and we're faced now with a consumer that really has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. They're paying less. They're they're getting more music, um, and they've actually shifted their perception of what recorded music is now. It's no longer a product that they can go into the store and purchase. It's now a service that they expect to be there at the flick of their finger. You know, they can listen to anything that's been recorded in the last hundred years. If they hear about an artist, they, sh they, they believe they can go up and just find it, listen, and get a sense of who the artist is at, at a moment's notice. That shift in perception has really affected the independent artist. How has it affected you as an artist so far? Uh, it's a slippery slope to describe your... Uh, your life's vocation as something that people pay, you know, $8 for per month. But at the same time, the internet has allowed someone like me to put that music online. And so it's very double-edged. And I, as much as I don't, um, don't agree with the act 
that, you know, like major artists like the Foo Fighters or Taylor Swift aren't receiving their royalties from Spotify, I'm not making enough money from Spotify or any other streaming service to pay my own bills. And so that doesn't necessarily bother me. As a musician, I make the majority of my money playing shows, and that's why I play music in the first place is the fact that you can make some recordings and maybe make some money off of that to pay for itself seems grand, but otherwise that's never affected me and it's probably not going to financially make or break me in my lifetime, at least. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for the platforms that are available to artists of my level. But at the end of the day, I think the saddest thing is that um, a lot of kids don't give it the time that it takes to learn an instrument or become good at something. And so what you think is so easy isn't so easy. And um, again, it's, it's double-edged because at the same time, that doesn't necessarily affect me because like you can't, you know, when I'm hungry per se, to want to play music, I, I play it, and that's how I scratch that itch, and so I'm grateful for the people and the, the venues and the relationships that I have to be able to go play music live in person and make mistakes and come out on the other side with a little bit of cash in my pocket, maybe enough to finance the next original music, and if you can get that far, I think I've made it, you know, I, uh, I'm able to play and perform my own music on a consistent basis, but also play cover songs that I like and people want to hear and get the best of all those circumstances and still be an artist, you know? So if that extra stuff happens, that's great, but, you know, people are still going to want to see live music someday, and uh, the computers aren't always the best venue for that. Well, you know, it's interesting because when the pandemic hit, you know, of course, touring was shut down. A lot of musicians started to go up on the Internet and, and started doing live streaming. They started to work their social media and they had time, you know, because let's face it, they weren't on the road. And they all of a sudden the fans really started to realize that they were getting a more intimate glimpse into the world that these musicians really live in you know it's you know they they would do a live stream from their living room so you get a chance to see you know the living room of the of the artist that you're listening to you know and, and you see the the treadmill they use to hang their clothes on you know mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of actually using the treadmill um but you know you get this intimate look and you know artists were starting to realize this that there is this reality show mentality, I think, that a lot of fans are have been acclimated to, you know, because we're, we're so hit with this whole reality show thing on television and so forth. And that if you look at the Internet, it is a broadcast network and every artist has the ability to create their own reality show and create a sense of celebrity that would eventually, when we get back to live music again, may even attract new fans and new people to come in out and see them live, or in the case of you know that whole um, celebrity thing, to see them in person. You know, what do you think mm-hmm. of that? And and how are you negotiating this world of content creation? 
I don't want to sound like a uh, pessimist, but I don't really care. It, uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like the reality that I live in. And I'll just say that I, as a 36-year-old man, I have twin boys who are four years old and a wife. And my drummer, Adam Watson, has twin boys who are three-year-olds and just had a new baby boy and a wife. And Ole Bowden, our bass player, does not have twin boys, but we're doing our damnedest. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, and so the gift for me is to have my family allow me the ability to go have a musical experience in front of five people or 5,000 people. It doesn't really matter to me. I get to go live my dream every time I get to go perform. And honestly, the internet is not the avenue. Maybe I just sound old, but the internet is not the avenue for me to fear, like to feel that catharsis, like a feeling. So, um, the internet's great and I appreciate everything the internet does for myself like on a day to day basis or music related but at the same time Facebook isn't going to make or break my music career and neither is anything else because I have you know my hands in front of me and music gear in front of me and hopefully there are still places that people employ places like you know that employ people like me to go perform music for people and that can be on any scale and i think at any scale that's a win for that not only that listener but that artist that gets to go perform and whether that's a cover song that they've always wanted to do or their own music or their own music that they've done for 10 years like that's a win either way okay. and so everything else is just about selling something you know but end of the day for the musician or for me i mean i'm i'm still going through the motions and doing the things and and uh hopefully get that experience by just playing the music all right well you know i i really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us and uh we're going to give everyone out there uh, an indie blues double shot from your release and uh you guys turn up loud open the windows screw the neighbors we're gonna have some fun <laughs> Thank you.
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
all the past will bury you Bury the past In the past I bury Today's 
You no longer have to hear the blues in a smoke-filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV and commercials or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood. <laughs>
me down You're still so put out Don't talk too much I mean, maybe I don't even wanna know Even now you let me down You're still so put out Don't talk too much I mean, maybe I don't even wanna know For Joni Mitchell Made castles in the sand Cried when I lost my mother Got sober with slow hand Left Pennsylvania after high school Harpwood Sugar and Elwood Blues Didn't see eye to eye with my father If you want to know the truth I slow dance with Joni Mitchell Black Whiskey with Bill Murray Turn my back on the termination Had to leave Scranton In a hurry Packed up my dreams and went to L.A. Got laughs with Cal Burnett Cheated on my girlfriend There's some things that I regret I slow dance with Joni Mitchell Went toe to toe with Mark Rode the canyons with the angels Wrote the words Live from New York
Firecrackers with Hunter S. Thompson. I traveled coast to coast. I was present when my mother died. She's the one I miss the most. Yeah, I slow danced with Joni Mitchell. Loaded on the Dead Sea Lost two brothers and a sister Well, that's enough about me
got a story to tell About a love that's coming You brought joy to my world But now Bible is all I have All the good times we Just 
The moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
church on Sunday morning That's where I cut my teeth yeah. I get tired of folks saying This ain't what blue should be
found myself in a dance With all these funky people I'm gonna clap my hands I'm gonna let loose And take a chance Cause in Church Street there's a party That goes all night long Where all the boys are the blue scale. Now you sing it with me. Breathe. Now let's try it like this. It don't burn 
It's the kind of blaze that I can touch and it won't hurt. Sirens blaring, trumpet sound. I've been so lost, but now I'm finding out. I could tell you about my life 
say I'm a man of the world Flown across every tide I've seen lots of pretty girls And I got everything I need I couldn't ask for more There's no one I'd rather be I just wish I'd never I'm a good man Oh, but I would be if I could So I'll tell you about my life Keep you amused, I'm sure About all the times I've cried I don't want to be sad anymore was recorded earlier so the producer and cast didn't have to walk home in the dark.
That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night, somewhere 
So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight. Add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadou. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Things left on with my friend that gone lost my dog I'm alone Just fought somebody I mean found it funny I got knocked in the head man by old friends not lying here think I'm dead Drink so long Gonna drink for the old damn time Gonna keep back in the seat Got nowhere, no, no feeling